You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic today. It's June 11th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. We are here. We have finally made it the end of the NBA season. The, the Cleveland Cavaliers getting swept by the Golden State Warriors 4 to nothing, obviously, with a loss in the NBA Finals on Friday. I'll have some final thoughts on the NBA Finals coming up here in just a bit. And today's episode will focus on the lessons learned from the 2018 season as now we reset the page, go back to O&O and the endless possibilities that O&O brings. But before we do that, I do want to remind everyone to check out the great podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Want to learn more about what the Warriors are doing to celebrate their NBA championship? Check out Locked On Warriors. Want to learn what the Cavaliers are doing to pick up the pieces and perhaps where LeBron might end up? Check out Locked On Cavs. And of course, this week, yes, this week, starting Wednesday, I believe, the Locked On NBA Mock Draft begins. Every Locked On host, or at least the ones that have draft picks, are making their picks. We're currently in the middle of our mock draft, making deals, trying to play out the draft exactly how we think it's going to happen. I've made my pick at six. I'm trying to get back into the first round as well, see if I can do it uh, and follow along on the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. You can check that out starting Wednesday on Locked On NBA. So be sure to subscribe to those podcasts on iTunes and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Like I said, though, the NBA Finals came to a uh, non-climactic conclusion, a, a pretty expected conclusion, as the Golden State Warriors defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland in Game 4 for a 4-0 sweep, the first 4-0 sweep since 2007, when, yes, the San Antonio Spurs swept the Cleveland Cavaliers, and, and I think the last, there was another sweep before that, and then the one before that was the one that we do not mention. But this game was pretty well decided before it even began, I, I, would, I would have to say. You could kind of tell early on, Cleveland didn't really have a lot of urgency. They went down big early. They did close the gap, but it, it was just a matter of time. Golden State just blowing the doors open uh, off them and off that series. Uh, it was just a, a clinical, clinical performance. Honestly, actually, what I thought really won it was Golden State's defense. They were focused in, and they were not going to let Cleveland get anything easy. They're not going to let them have any sniff of this game. And they were going to win this one running away. That is what Golden State wanted to do. And they took the sweep very, very easily in this one. There was never really any doubt in this one that Golden State was going to win. Uh, Stephen Curry was fantastic. Kevin Durant picks up finals MVP with, uh, I think he had a triple-double in Game 4. It doesn't really matter now. Um, it, it just every piece seemed to fall into place. And, and what really struck me about the game afterwards was with Steve Kerr going up. It was caught on the on the on the ABC microphones, going up to each player and just kind of saying, you know, even guys on the bench, hey, they, you did your part. You did what you did what what we needed you to do. This is for you. Enjoy it. I mean, it, 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 there's nothing like watching champions celebrate. Um, it inspires you. It should inspire you to to see teams that that joyful and to achieve their goals. And 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 I I for one am very excited for the Warriors who are very deserving champions. Golden State entered this game kind of with a business-like attitude. It, it kind of seemed like they were determined not to repeat what happened last year when they lost Game 4 with a 3-0 lead, lost their chance at a 16-0 playoffs, and had to go back to Golden State and win on their home court. And it's nice to win on your home court, of course, 
But they wanted to get this done. They wanted it to be over with. They wanted to make a statement, and Golden State certainly made a statement. There's a lot that's going to be said about the history involved in this series, whether it's LeBron James and his place in the pantheon of NBA greats. And whether you think he's better than Michael Jordan or not is irrelevant. Frankly, I think it's kind of an arcane and archaic uh, debate to be had. It's fun, I agree, but it's it's not important. It is important to note that LeBron James has cemented himself as one of the greatest players of all time. I don't care how you rank him, but he's got to be in that conversation. But ultimately, his team fell short, and it, I don't think it was because of him. I think the team just wasn't good enough. Golden State, meanwhile, undoubtedly has one of the best runs going in NBA history, certainly modern NBA history. Three titles in four years, back-to-back titles for the first time. This is a team that does not seem like it's anywhere near its finish. And now with four straight finals appearances, just like LeBron's got eight straight, four straight finals appearances, they are flirting with some very elite company as a team. This is one of the greatest teams in NBA history that we're watching. It's not just about the 73 wins, uh, which ended up not with the title. It's not just about that season. It's not just about the talent. You can say what you want about how they collected their talent, frankly, it was a one-time quirk in the in the salary cap. The players brought it on themselves. The owners allowed it to happen too. And it's not against the rules. So they had the right to build the team the way that they built their team. And frankly, a lot of it was done through the draft. Kevin Durant was just an added piece. This is a team that is undoubtedly just a joy to watch. And while I think that this year, maybe that joy was not the same, that there was just a inevitability about the team. And, and again, they brought it a very business-like approach. At the end of the day, they are playing the best basketball that we've seen in a very, very long time. And they are one of the best teams in NBA history. And this championship further cements that. Of course, it's going to be an offseason of intrigue for everyone. LeBron James being a free agent will change a lot of things. There's not a lot of money to spend. The draft is one of the best drafts uh, in recent memory, according to a lot of people. Full of bigs that might change the direction of the league back the other way. But this is definitely a great time for the NBA. I know a lot of people are upset that the finals are anticlimactic. And yeah, the finals not going seven games is going to shave a couple million dollars off the salary cap. But at the same time, To me, at least, the NBA is as healthy as it's ever been. And the Warriors are a great basketball team. They play basketball the way you want basketball to be played. Yes, things feel inevitable, and that's basketball. That's the NBA. I I, I get into these arguments all the time. It's like the NBA needs parity like the NFL. Well, until you get a hard cap, which players will never agree to, you're not going to get that. And even then, one player changes everything. LeBron James is proving that in the Eastern Conference. You could put four random players with LeBron James, and he seems like he's capable of carrying them to the NBA Finals. One player matters a lot, and right now the distribution of some of those top players is mostly by luck through the lottery system. So parity is, I think, an unrealistic goal for the NBA. And and yeah, maybe the inevitability of the Finals hurts a little bit, but it was a wild journey to get there. I often tell people, That the NBA season, the NBA as a league, is not about the destination. It's not usually about who wins the championship because the NBA is the most predictable league in sports. We most of us probably had Warriors versus Cavaliers in the finals back in October. 
But it's not the predictability that matters. It's the journey and how we got there. It's why Game of Zones, that that show, that cartoon on, on Bleacher Report, is so entertaining. Because it, it, it picks up on the little storylines and personalities that make the NBA season so great. It's about watching the Houston Rockets push the Golden State Warriors to seven games. Watching the Boston Celtics, with their two best players injured, push the Cavaliers to seven games and nearly get to the NBA Finals. Nearly create that upset. It's about Victor Oladipo's emergence. It's about Aaron Gordon's emergence at times. It's about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and the rookies and Donovan Mitchell making their mark on this league. This journey through the 2018 season was rough for the Orlando Magic, for sure. But the journey is what makes us stronger and what makes the result all the better. And yeah, again... It might have all been inevitable in the end. But that doesn't matter. It's about how we got there and the fun we had getting there. And that to me is why, that's one of the reasons why I love the NBA. You can watch a game and it's about how you get to the end. Not what the end might always have been. But we turn the page now. 2018 is over. Not officially, of course, because the the calendar year does not end until June 30th when the new year begins on July 1st. But the 2018 season is officially in the books. There's no basketball to talk about, no basketball games to watch for a while now. Not until Summer League starts on July 6th. 6th. And that's Summer League. But we are left... Looking ahead to the 2019 season, the NBA draft and the process of getting ready for the NBA draft is in full swing. We've talked about a lot of the prospects, a lot of the guys that the Magic will be looking at at at, at the very least. Uh, and there's a lot to get to in the next week and a half before the NBA draft begins. But with us closing the book on the 2018 season, it's important now to look back at that season, at that journey that we took together, and learn some lessons. As now the Magic, especially begin to rebuild their team. Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, I'm sure, have a clear vision of what they want to do with this team and how they want to build this team and what they want this team to look like. And so now the question becomes, what lessons did we learn from 2018 on what that team should look like? What works in this NBA and what doesn't? And what needs to happen for there to be success? The number one lesson that I take from this season, both from the Magic's perspective and from the league-wide perspective, is just how important it is to be healthy. Orlando lost something like 220 games to injury this season. Terrence Ross was out from, no- from November to the end of the season, a-, a starter, essentially. Aaron Gordon missed significant time. Nikola Vucevic missed significant time. Evan Fournier missed significant time. Everyone on the Magic seemed to miss significant time at some point during the year, and injuries especially to Jonathan Isaac, were such a huge story throughout the, throughout the season. Something that Orlando could not overcome. And that was the case for several teams. Boston losing Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving before the playoffs made their journey to the Eastern Conference Finals that much difficult. And yeah, might have cost them a chance to, to dethrone LeBron James. In The Western Conference Finals, the Houston Rockets losing Chris Paul to an injury in Game 5, at the end of Game 5. A monumental victory for them. Losing him for Game 6 and 7 likely cost them a chance to upend the defending champions and claim a title of their own. Injuries happen. They are random. You 
mostly cannot control for them. But they have huge effects. And being healthy, Golden State getting the second seed instead of the top seed, largely because Steph Curry missed, because so many of their players missed pretty significant time. And yeah, Curry wasn't healthy for a good chunk of the playoffs. Andre Godala missed key games in the Western Conference Finals. All those added up and affected the result of the season. Maybe not the final result, but again, affected that journey on how we got there. I think the other thing that we learned now from the way the playoffs played out is just how important versatility is. The way these teams are playing offensively now, with so many screens and so many uh, three-pointers, they make defenses make decisions. And now, more than ever, it seems that the best defenses are the ones that have five guys that can defend almost everyone on the floor. We saw switching taken to an extreme during these playoffs. Centers constantly switching onto guards. Just automatic switches. Not even a fight to get over a screen, just an automatic switch. And for some teams, it worked out perfectly. The Boston Celtics, it worked out really, really well. They were on point, on string, communicating well. Al Horford was able to defend everyone. It worked really, really well for them. But in other instances, it didn't work. Golden State really struggled with their switches. They constantly switched Steph Curry on to LeBron James. James torched him. Got shots that he wanted, got passes that he wanted. Same thing would happen with Houston. Kevin Durant would get the matchup that he wanted and exploited. Cleveland did the same thing. It's increasingly more important, it seems, for players to have positional versatility, to be able to guard one through five if possible. And that's how you want to build a team. That's why guys like Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon seem really valuable these days because they can guard anyone on the floor. The other lesson is that the three-pointer still holds a lot of power but it's still about your offense and the quality of the shots that you get. There's always been a misnomer about what Golden State is. They're not a team that just comes down and chucks threes. Steph Curry does not just chuck threes. He takes some confidence, he checks. But each three-pointer is set up by the drive, by his ability to get to the basket, by his ability to get to the line and draw fouls. And the rush to, to say, oh, there are so many threes in the league these days that they're, they're t- shooting too many threes, in that rush, it seems like we all forget the most important part of the puzzle. That the shot at the rim is just as efficient. And we saw the successful teams were the ones that were able to get there. Whether it was Chris Paul and James Harden. Whether it was Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant. Whether it was LeBron James. Or Donovan Mitchell. Or Russell Westbrook at times. Getting to the basket. Scoring easy baskets around there loosens everything up and creates the three-point opportunities that you want. In this league, we saw centers get played off the court in massive numbers. And that'll affect how you think about this draft too, I think. There are a lot of bigs in this draft. Those bigs don't seem to have as much value as they might have a few years ago. And that's a big part of team building, too. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Uh, I'm sorry I'm going a little bit short today. 
Um, but you can always check us out. Check out our archives on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Follow podcasts on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our latest draft profiles, we did Anthony Simons, who was in town on Saturday for a workout. We have Shai Gilgis Alexander going up later today. Check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter there at OMagicDaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. We're 0-0. Let's turn the page to 2019. Get ready for another great NBA season. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.